I see my name in shining lights. Yeah, a different city every night. Oh, I, I swear the world better prepare for when I'm a billionaire. It's time to get down to business on the weekend's number one business program. Known as the king of networking, your host, Shalom Klein, has worked with thousands of entrepreneurs and created countless jobs. So, to success, let's get down to business. And indeed, we are all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship and business. We talk a lot about business here. You are on with Get Down to Business. And I'm your host, Shalom Klein. Remember, you can always download podcasts from Get Down to Business on my website at shalomkline.com. And while you're there, don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Shalom Klein. It's going to be a jam-packed week of content and information you will not want to miss. So let's jump right into it with our first guest who has been featured on the Today Show, ABC, Beyond the Business Radio Show, and CEO World. Dr. Troy Hall is an award-winning culture strategist radio show host, speaker, author, and talent retention expert. And really on that last title, I'm really, really excited to dig in um, to uh, to talk uh, a little bit of uh, some of the best practices. So Troy Hall, welcome to the program. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate being here. Absolutely. I love to get to know the person behind the microphone. I know that you've, you have uh, more than 40 years of practical leadership experience and a PhD in global leadership and entrepreneurship. But how do you get started? How do you discover your passion um, in, in really in business entrepreneurship, but in talent retention? Well, uh, I have a PhD in global leadership and entrepreneurship, and my dissertation was in group dynamics with an emphasis on cohesion. And as I looked into the marketplace to decide or to see how I might be able to leverage that information for businesses, I saw that there was a tremendous absence in talent retention. There's a lot of emphasis on talent acquisition and possibly onboarding, maybe some training, but really that topic was missing. And so it just really called to me and said, you know, my goal here is to um, to help leaders be successful, to, to motivate, influence, and enable them uh, to be successful in the things that they want to do. So now today, I work with leaders and I guide them to create cohesion cultures, uh, which are places where individuals feel a sense of belonging, have value, and shared mutual commitments. And cohesion culture is a term that I know uh, anybody that uh, learns anything about you, and I hope that they will uh, get on your website, of course, which will send people to. You'll see a lot about that cohesion culture. And uh, you give, the, uh, you give uh, companies, business owners, the opportunity to take a quiz to determine if their organization is on the right path. But I love a quote that you share regularly. You don't have to know everything. You just need to be teachable. So tell us some of the examples of some of the organizations that you've been privileged to work with and uh, maybe both the, uh, the good that's easier to talk about, but some of the more challenging examples that you've had the opportunity to dig into. Well, first of all, I look at teachability because it is the, um, it's what I consider to be the first of the attributes of an effective leader. And it follows with six others. They all work in tandem, but we'll just talk about teachability since that's what you asked me for. And really, teachability is the opportunity for individuals to have an open mind. Uh, if we think today about the conversations happening uh, through uh, our social network, we understand that being more sensitive and not being tone deaf to what's happening requires us to be teachable. We have to pay attention to the information. We have to be available uh, to uh, interpret uh, new information. So one of the things that I will uh, share with you a little bit about teachability is more about myself than so much really the clients that I work with, uh, because I'll be the best teacher for you on on that. And that is 
in being teachable, what I work with leaders is to make sure that they understand the difference between cultural superiority and cultural relativism. So when you're culturally superior, it means that you judge everything that you see through the lens of the way your culture was established. When you have a lens of cultural relativity, it means that you will begin to discover the origin and the perspective and the context of which certain rituals and traditions within different cultures will happen. I had the opportunity to teach at De La Salle University in Manila on a leadership program. And during that session, I asked the students who were just about ready to enter their next level of education if they thought they were a leader. I said, if you think you're a leader, raise your hand. And literally, it was crickets. No one raised their hand. Now, at that moment, I had an opportunity where I could have taken my Western mindset and said, you know, I should have told you, you are all leaders. You should raise your hand. You should do that. But instead, I began to ask them additional questions. And I had one after another speak up and tell me that in their culture, they do not claim a title of authority or a title of recognition until they have completed information, until they feel that they have 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 uh, met the requirements. So for them, although they understood they were a leader as a work in progress, they weren't comfortable in actually declaring themselves to be a leader. And what a terrible missing that would have been for me and for those students during that session had I have treated them with cultural superiority. Now, I'm not perfect at it, but I wanted to make sure that I gave an example because it is something that I go back to all the time when I think about myself and knowing that I have to be self-aware as a leader and therefore that teachability is so important for me in, um, in really cre in creating the cohesion culture and helping organizations do just that. Wow. And I know you were once told that you didn't have the talent to write, and now you've been the author of several books. Let's talk about your most recent um, book, Mission Matters, World's Leading Entrepreneurs Reveal Their Top Tips for Success. Tell us about not all the secrets, but some of the things that uh, our listeners can learn. Well, actually, you know, I appreciate you asking about Mission Matters, but that was a collaborative book I did with world leaders. And so I have a, a portion of that book. And again, I talk about cohesion culture uh, within that. But what I really would like to talk about is the latest book. And that book is Spanny Rules, A Mother's Leadership Lessons That Never Grow Old. And that book, as well as Cohesion Culture, are number one. So they were a bestseller. So Spanny Rules is number one in uh, business and professional humor. And very excited about it. The story really goes very simply like this. My mom, a.k.a. Fanny, is uh, my greatest mentor. And she was the person who helped me in so many ways. When I was 12 years old, my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer. We lived in a small rural town in West Virginia where there was poor economic conditions. We had limited education and we were 30 to 45 minutes from the nearest medical facility. My mom taught me during that summer after she had cancer, when I nurtured her back to health and, and spent time by her bedside, she taught me many valuable lessons. But one of the lessons she taught me was that my character will be defined by choices, not circumstance. She said that we were poor by circumstance, not by choice. I had cancer by circumstance, not by choice. And I chose to live every day before I found out I had cancer. So I'm going to continue to live till the good Lord takes me. So with that in mind, that's the, the basis of leadership that she created. Good news is mom lived 43 years beyond that time. However, in the latter part of her years, she was stricken with dementia and Alzheimer's. So this book is a tribute. As Alzheimer's stole her memories, I am now giving them back. 31 teachable moments wrapped around nine rules that are perfect from leaders 
who operate from the backyard to the boardroom. And it's great for a new generation of people who may need a little fanny of their own. <laughs> uh, God bless Fanny. That's, uh, that's amazing stories and lessons from your mom that we can all learn from. And uh, in our final uh, minute or two remaining, I don't need to share again all of the secrets, but what is one takeaway that as we have this conversation that broadcasts on Sunday evening that our entrepreneur listeners can put into practice in building that culture in the week ahead? What's that one lesson you want people to know? Well, good. I'll tell them that here are three things to look for when they go to work on Monday. They want to look for the greetings, listen to the way people are interacting with each other, determine how that communication is occurring. See how free, how flowing it is, how frequent is it. Listen for laughter and not just the har, 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 slap your knee laughter, but listen for the lightheartedness that occurs within the organization. Is there an opportunity for people to breathe? Do they feel a sense of stress or are they, are they more calm? Because how people will interact themselves in regards to their humor will make a big difference. Lastly, see if there are acknowledgments, affirmations, fist bumps, high fives, any of those types of things that allow people to feel like they're actually included. Because the point of a cohesion culture is to create a safe workspace where people have a sense of belonging, are valued, and share in mutual commitments. That is awesome advice, and uh, I know folks can pick up a copy of Fanny Rules, and I want to make sure people know how they can uh, purchase that and get in touch with you. What's the, best, uh, what's the best way for people to get in touch? Well, the best way is to find me in social media at Dr. Troy Hall. My friends affectionately call me Dr. Troy, so you'll find me at Dr. Troy Hall and also at drtroyhall.com. And the good news about the Fanny Rules as well as Cohesion Culture, they're both available on Amazon, and they're available through Audible. And the proceeds of, my, by the way, my proceeds of Fannie Rules is benefiting the Alzheimer's Association. So Fannie is not only the star of the book, but the Alzheimer's is the recipient of all of the great work that people will do to buy or promote the book. That is fantastic. Dr. Troy Hall, thank you so much for joining us. DrTroyHall.com, DrTroyHall.com. Again, the author of the best-selling book, Cohesion Culture, uh, Mission Matters, and of course, Fanny Rules. Get on my website, shalomkline.com. That's where you can download podcasts from the past eight-plus years of shows all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. We're going to squeeze in a quick break and continue our conversations, but be sure to get in touch with our amazing sponsors, chicagosignaturelimbo.com and healthplanchicago.com. Again, a quick break, and we'll continue our conversations. And be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share and get down to business on your favorite podcast apps. We will be right back. Don't touch that dial. Welcome back to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. So continuing our conversation about amazing people doing amazing things and writing amazing books. I'm absolutely thrilled to have uh, Sharon Sloan, the CEO of Will Interactive and the author of The Thriving Clinician, which shares real stories of physicians and nurses and the true problems they face. Sharon, welcome to the program. Thank you. Delightful to be here, Shalom. Thank you for so, having me. <laughs> it's such a pleasure to have you. You have a very interesting background um, uh, personally and, of course, in business. And I guess, uh, again, the theme of today is uh, people sharing uh, best insights and practices. So, Sharon, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I really came at what we do uh, kind of sideways. Um, I had been involved with education and training and counseling for a number of years. 
And I realized that so much of what was passing for education and training was really just giving people knowledge, information, and skills, but they weren't really applying it. It wasn't engaging people emotionally uh, as well as cognitively. And so my dad, who was an amazing force in my life um, and a very wonderful person and successful entrepreneur, said, well, if you don't think it's doing what it needs to do, I suggest you invent something better and find brilliant people to work with you. So we followed that advice and uh, invented and patented what became known as an interactive behavior modification system, lots of words, but really a form of interactive movie that blends the science of learning and psychology with technology and allows us to actually engage people at a level that lowers their defenses and improves their decisions in day-to-day life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I know, um, Sharon, I know you have been uh, monitoring a a, a really challenging and frankly gut-wrenching uh, challenge that's taking place with physicians and nurses who have contemplated suicide or were sadly lost. And, you know, we, we often think of healthcare as, as just these warriors, and they are, um, but sometimes we leave the best and brightest um, sort of out to dry because they're dealing with so, so much. So let's talk about the development of the thriving clinician, which is, as you just said, interactive. It's an interactive training program for clinician well-being. You and your team have interviewed more than 80 doctors and nurses to create the themes and characters for this program. Tell us a little bit of how you identified the challenge and and perhaps how this 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 incredible um, a monumental task uh, came together. Interestingly enough, we have a long and wonderful relationship with Yale New Haven Health and the Yale School of Medicine. And this project was born over a dinner conversation prior to the pandemic, never imagining what was about to befall us the following year. And because we had been applying our technology with them to other issues such as sexual harassment and abusive conduct in healthcare, the idea came up of how do we tackle the terrible problem of physician suicide. Prior to the pandemic, we were losing one doctor every day. The physician suicide rate is two to three times the rate of the average population. And so we said, well, let's get the stories of real clinicians, the actual events, put them into the format that allows learners to make decisions and see the outcomes of those near and long-term choices and see if we can do better than what was done. And of course, COVID and the pandemic have exacerbated these problems terribly. We're now getting statistics, 61% of physicians are reporting burnout. A quarter of them are saying they want to retire, leave the profession in the next year. Uh, Nurses are committing suicide, women nurses at twice the rate of the average women population. And so what we have done here is given people a tool, given institutions a tool for modifying their culture, for destigmatizing mental health and emotional well-being, the needs of clinicians, doctors and nurses, so that we can talk about these things. We can have a dialogue at the individual level, at the organization or institutional level, and really it's a public health crisis. 
because we are all consumers of health care. Mm-hmm. And the, those numbers are staggering, Sharon. Again, I'm chatting with Sharon Sloan, um, the CEO of Will Interactive, the company that created the Thriving Clinician. Staggering, staggering numbers, again, of, of suicide. Frankly, uh, and just a lack of overall work-life happiness, which you touched on one of my questions, which is just COVID. And you were working on this pre-COVID, which is just uh, crazy. And I can only imagine it's it's gotten far, far, far worse. But I am curious how all of this impacts the the world of bringing in future physicians. Are you playing a role in the in in how you hope to change the future of the perf- of the procession? Absolutely, um, it's critical that we educate the young physicians, the the residents, um, on the importance of mental health, and that the cultures of the institution in which they go supports well-being. It it says it's okay not to be okay. Let's talk about that. Let's see what can be done. Let's confide in each other. It will improve patient outcomes. It will reduce the problem we have with retention of our best and brightest. Um, We're facing the statistic that a quarter of our physicians say they want to retire in the next year. And only half of the doctors we talk with now say they would recommend medicine as a career. So this is a crisis that goes from the most senior executives and physicians in our healthcare institutions to the brand new doctors that are just coming into the profession. And these stories resonate with them. We've had amazing feedback on this program Yes, I know someone who was just like that character. I'm, I've seen people struggle with this issue. One in five physicians tells us that a colleague or friend has either considered, attempted, or died by suicide since the pandemic. So we have to do something different. The tool that we're providing here is completely different than the normal wellness programs, many of which have great value. But it was interesting that in the latest study by the Physicians Foundation, 70% of the physicians said that we must include evidence-based professional training to prevent mental strain and illness. And that is what the thriving clinician does, can be used anytime, anywhere, on your learning management system, on your phone, on your tablet. And then it brings people together to have the dialogue, to have these difficult conversations and to support each other, which is really what we all must do regardless of where we are in this process and and come together. And we only have a minute or two remaining, but I I just want to touch on uh, the process of filming and uh, interviewing more than 80 doctors and nurses to create the themes and characters for the 100 plus videos, which were shot on site during COVID-19 with, of course, social distance guidelines in place. What was that process like, Sharon? <laughs> well, it was very interesting having our crew and uh, in masks and social distanced, um, but we were able to do it safely in a real hospital. Um, that fortunately had a wing that had no patients or clinicians. Um, I have to give a shout out to my chief creative officer and the extraordinary team that pulled this off and our partners at Yale. It was so important to do it. 
We did it safely, but filming a movie during a pandemic with all of those people on location, I have to tell you, Shalom was quite a feat. That's incredible. So we're running out of time, and I want to make sure our listeners know where they can learn more about The Thriving Clinician and all of your work at Will Interactive. Um, Sharon Sloan, how can people get a hold of you? Uh, email Sharon, S-H-A-R-O-N, at willinteractive, all one word, dot com. I'm also very active on LinkedIn and, of course, uh, through our website, willinteractive.com, can reach me as well. And we still answer our phones here. Um, so uh, feel free to, to reach out uh, by the phone numbers that are also on our website. And we welcome those conversations. I appreciate the innovation that you are creating at uh, Will Interactive. I encourage all of our listeners to get on your, on your website, willinteractive.com. And of course, email you, Sharon, at willinteractive.com. Uh, the Thriving Clinician, again, a first-of-its-kind interactive training program for clinician well-being. And uh, Sharon, thank you so much for doing that. We are going to squeeze in a quick break with some headlines and some commercials. And when we come back, we're going to talk more all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship here on Get Down to Business. So again, don't touch that dial. We will be right back. Welcome back to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. I've been really looking forward to this conversation for a while. My friend Dave Pierce joins me. Dave is uh, Dave and I had a great conversation a couple of weeks ago talking about uh, uh, talent acquisition, recruitment, and a very innovative approach. So uh, Dave Pierce, welcome to the program. Please tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Thank you, Shalom. Good morning. Yes, so Dave Pierce, born and raised in San Francisco, now live in Minneapolis with my wife and kids, um, an executive for about 30 years, and have been in executive recruiting for the last eight. That is fantastic. And I know that you and, again, your team at uh, ZRG are really uh, changing things up a little bit. And I could ask you so many questions, by the way, we could go into the whole location piece of uh, starting out in California and now in Minneapolis, but we're having this conversation during the summer, not the winter. So uh, we won't go there in this conversation, but tell us a little bit about ZRG Partners and uh, and what you guys do differently in terms of finding talents. So ZRG was founded about 15 years ago by a non-search person. He was an executive who found himself frustrated with the big search firms operating in the sector. Uh, We've been growing rapidly and we're just awarded the fastest growing search firm on the planet for a third year in a row. It's largely based on our use of artificial intelligence, data analytics, data science, and that just allows us to find more executives quicker and therefore get them into the new job and being productive as soon as possible. And what industries do you guys focus on? Uh, We operate across basically all sectors. The majority of our business is in the U.S., but we are global all the way to China, throughout Europe, South America, et cetera. I focus mainly in digital marketing and consumer um, are my specialties. One of one of the things that um, that you and I discussed, which I found fascinating, is some of the proactive communication and uh, tools that uh, that ZRG has that some of the other search firms are not utilizing uh, on many levels. And I could tell you from the uh, from the other side of the uh, of the spectrum, from the uh, from the company, from the hiring side, it's tough when you're looking for talent. Usually, you need the talent yesterday. 
And um, you understand that need because you and your colleagues at ZRG have been there and done that. So again, um, what are some of the unique tools uh, that make you stand out? And what is the advice that you would have for a, for a business owner that might be tuning in and is sort of nodding their head vigorously saying, yes, I needed seven of those positions filled, filled yesterday. What should they know? What's the advice that you would share? Well, uh, for your average listener, the best way to understand this is if you think about using a real estate agent to sell your house or uh, a retirement planner to help you retire, you know, uh, in grace over the years, you really don't know what they're doing all the time. In fact, you're always curious, are they spending time on my, my needs? And it's really the same in the search business. So our founder created a fully transparent 24-7 platform where the head of HR, the CEO, the board member can go online from a mobile phone, tablet, laptop, et cetera, to see exactly what's going on. Here's all the candidates. Here's the pictures. Here's their resumes. Here's how we rated them. Here are our notes. And here are their qualifications for the job that you have open. Um, so it really keeps us on our toes, but it also lets our clients know exactly what we're doing. And again, 24-7, they can see whether we were, are excelling, if we're at a stop, or if we're if we're too slow, and mm-hmm. we can work together on that. And I would be remiss as we have this conversation in August of 2021 if I didn't ask a little bit of the perspective that you have as an expert um, for many many years uh, in the industry. What are you seeing in terms of the market? Um, it, are you seeing? Uh, people looking in some of those areas that you mentioned, and I know across ZRG, your uh, your team really can help all, almost any business with talent acquisition. So, is it a is it a uh, employer or an employee market at this point? Definitely an employee market. The market is extremely hot, um, as hot as when we came out of the last great recession. So, think about 2012. 13, when we really started to hire uh, within the United States and globally. And so companies are really um, working hard to find new talent, to hire new people. They're investing. I'd say America, as it relates to business, is excited. And uh, you don't see this, you know, certainly every year. It comes in a cycle every five to 10 years or so. We are in that right now. And I would imagine, um, just as we come to a conclusion over here, that if there was a uh, a, a magic bullet over here that uh, that was out there in terms of what employers can do, then probably everybody would know about it. But what is the one thing that people should implement in the week ahead, uh, aside for, of course, getting in touch with you and your team, which uh, please share that contact information? I think flexible in terms of um, work, uh, both remote or in-person there's obviously still concerns about COVID and the new Delta variant. So uh, employees are a little reluctant to be in the office. So I think being flexible in the short term will provide a lot of benefits. Uh, in terms of contact, Dave Pierce, uh, D Pierce at ZRG Partners. And uh, my cell phone is 612-747-1249. Dave Pierce from ZRG Partners. I appreciate you jumping on. And I know that you're also all over on LinkedIn as well. And as your profile says, matching top talent to leading companies. And that's why we wanted to have you on today uh, here and Get Down to Business. And I look forward to having a longer conversation with you as we dig deeper into that uh, that matchmaking game that takes place and matching that business strategy to talent. Dave Pierce, thanks so much for joining us on the air. I look forward to having you back on real soon. We're going to squeeze in a quick break. We'll be back. More small business jobs and entrepreneurship in just a moment. 
Welcome back to Get Down to Business. A really fascinating individual joins me now, and that is Lynn Thomas, who I've certainly been fascinated. We've been talking throughout the show as more employees return to offices around the world. Uh, Lynn, uh, our next guest, has, uh, has said that uh, the difference between companies that survive and those that collapse will be the leaders that demonstrate extreme humanism. So joining us to discuss is that very individual, Lynn Thomas. Welcome to the program. Thanks very much, Lil. I'm delighted to be here. I'm delighted to have you. So let's talk about you. Let's talk about your background that's led uh, to uh, your founding of Thomas Consulting, which I know has partnered with nearly 500 companies um, since starting your consulting firm more than 30 years ago. Let's talk about you, Lynn. Uh, Tell us a little bit about your passion and expertise. Um, Sure. Um, my, My journey to where I am now started when I was a tax attorney with Arthur Anderson. And then I left there, went to Bank of Boston as a private banker, and then as a change agent. And it was my experience as a change agent there um, when it became very clear they didn't care about the uh, clients nor employees that I um, wanted to leave and set up a consulting firm where employees were important, where clients were important, and shareholders were important. So the idea of everybody could win. And um, so I call myself um, you know, a tax attorney turned consultant finds innovative and um, novel ways to create fiercely loyal clients and employees. Uh, you, well, you certainly have. And um, Lynn, I have to ask, as we have this conversation in uh, 2021, mid-2021, um, you've been doing this for a while. Have you ever seen anything quite like what you're seeing right now um, with, with COVID? And how has that changed the game in terms of what you've been doing for 30 plus years? Uh, I've never seen anything like it. I don't think there has been anything like it that's impacted the world the way it has. It changed um, that I'm more focused on employees now, employee retention. There's a correlation between employee and and client retention or customer retention. But very much now, it's basically, how do you win talent? How do you keep talent? And um, you can see by the number of job job openings and the number of people unemployed, there's not a good match. And um, I want to say that the companies that will win um, now, post-COVID, if there's a post-COVID, we'll have employees, whoever learns the fastest in a disrupted environment. So you need people who learn quickly. If not, you need to train them how to do that. They need to be agile. They need to be um, resilient. They need to be quick or fast. And they need to be problem solvers. And they, and they focus on multiple options. You don't want someone co- coming and finding one solution to a problem. You want them to come up with 20 solutions. So those are the people you want to hire, to train, and to keep because um, you know, we're in what we call a VUCA, uh, which is um, volatile, uncertain, um, confusing, and ambiguous times. And we don't have the clear information, Shalom, that we used to, or, or business owners, to make decisions. So it's, a, it's an employee talent war out there. And especially for millennials and Gen Zs, they need to find a purpose or some meaning in their work or they will go elsewhere. There is no question about that. Again, I'm chatting with Lynn Thomas from Thomas Consulting, and um, you know we'll share more of how to reach you uh, in a couple of minutes. But you bring to this conversation and to every one of your engagements a high level of resiliency, optimism, and drive um, that uh, certainly you uh, you share with all of your uh, all of your clients. Where does that come from for you, Lynn? Um, how is how have you uh, developed this uh, this incredible incredible 
incredible sort of zest for, for, for helping companies with, as you said, that, that, that employee retention and building that culture, which I know you're so passionate about. Um, well, I hear two questions in there. So where I get sort of my zest and vibrancy is very much from my, my father. Um, he used to come home from work and he'd be sort of more or less singing and dancing. And so I grew up thinking work is fun, work is fun. And um, as I went through my various careers, when they stopped being challenging and fun, I moved on. Um, what I do now, what I love about it is I help people find their on tap potential. Um, in many, I mean, that's probably, that's, that, that's really the difference that I, uh, that I can make. You know, Pixar has a, an assumption that there's a slice of genius in each employee. And I believe there's probably more than a slice of genius. And most of us use only 2% of our brain on a given day or 5% when we're really pumping our ions on the shalom. So there are vast untapped resources inside. So I really challenge people. Um, how could they be more agile? How could they be more problem solving? How could they get down? Um, using the title of this, get down to business quicker. You know, how are they um, maybe overlooking some other perspectives? So it's um, it's a time, I, I think what COVID does, it has forever changed the relationship between workplace, employers, and employees. And um, home and work are never going to be fully separated the way they were before. That is for sure. And again, as you say, all over on your website and uh, certainly as uh, in all of your public speaking engagements, um, it's a new mindset that's needed to attract and retain top employees and clients in a post-COVID era. And uh, Lynn, uh, we're going to squeeze in a quick break, but I know you wrote a book back in uh, 2015 called Wow, Your Weight's Profit, um, which uh, certainly I want to encourage everybody. I know it's available on Amazon and, and you share a lot of your expertise, um, again, in helping uh, companies, helping uh, people, um, because ultimately behind every company, it is all about leaders and organizations that in order for them to excel, it does require that top tier talent. So again, Lynn Thomas from Thomas Consulting is joining us here on Get Down to Business. We are going to continue our conversation after a very quick break as we talk about some of those expectations post-COVID and again, the uh, some of those areas is that uh, that that Lynn feels that uh, that that uh, has has changed in this post COVID world. Again, a quick break. I encourage all of our listeners get on our website shalomkline.com. That's where you can download the past eight plus years of shows all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. And be sure to click subscribe, rate your review, and share. Get down to business on your favorite podcast app. We'll be right back. Hey, welcome back. I am thrilled to be rejoined here and get down to business with Lynn Thomas from Thomas Consulting. We've been chatting about attracting um, and retaining uh, top employees and clients in a post-COVID era. And that's what uh, Lynn and uh, and her firm, Thomas Consulting, has been doing, uh, partnering with nearly 500 companies since starting consulting for more than 30 years ago. So we have this conversation on a Sunday evening. And Lynn, I want to see what is the one thing that small businesses, big businesses can do in the week ahead? Um, I would say the biggest thing you can do is embrace being uncomfortable. Um, Racing to be comfortable in this environment, I think is premature. And I also um, encourage everybody to do at least two things that are uncomfortable for them every day. We widen our horizons of possibilities and options. 
So if there's difficult conversations with employees or employers or vendors or clients you need to have, have those conversations. Um, and um, deeply listen to your employees. It, um, if they don't want to come back, is there an option for them? Is there a way that they can um, remain working from home? Um, think outside the box, to a, a phrase. But I also think look at this situation, this hardship or the challenge. What are the opportunities in there? They, I think challenges very much um, give us an opportunity to shine, shine uh, uh, like a diamond. Um, that, that friction will uh, allow us to shine. So what is it that you as a leader what do you need? What are the skills you need to lead through these through this crisis that doesn't seem to be letting up? And I think looking at the mindset that you have as leaders, uh, your employees have, and what's your what's your culture's mindset? Not many people talk about that, but I'll go into companies and the culture's mindset is you know you don't tell the boss bad news. You don't want to, you want to hear everything. And I think that deeply listening is not speaking much, asking questions, probing underneath, and Responding always in a kind way. You may have to be firm or clear or say something that's not person doesn't want to hear. But I am a passionate believer that it is imperative to always be kind and respectful to people. And um, I had a critical father and an older sister. So I'll say, if you can't find a way to be kind, uh, call me. I'll be happy to help you. And I leave that with everybody because <laughs> you always can say something in a kind way. Absolutely. Embrace that discomfort and, and, uh, but yet, uh, again, uh, embrace that, uh, embrace that change as well. And that's what I keep hearing because change is no doubt inevitable. And, uh, I know that you have uh, helped many companies, as we've said. What is that one example that you can share with our listeners in our remaining minute on the show of just that, that, that story that you're most, uh, most proud of and the, uh, the change that, 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 that you've created? It'd be with this one company that in um, three months, they were able to increase sales by 35%. Um, and uh, it was pretty effortless. And that really just wound up on my speaking with some of their top clients and finding out what they really wanted. And they had not really done in-depth interviews. So uh, your clients' needs have changed. Have somebody, preferably outside your organization, have in-depth um, conversations with your clients to make sure that they're to make sure you know what their current needs are and how they possibly have changed mm-hmm. during COVID. Well, congratulations on that success. Again, Lynn Thomas from Thomas Consulting. Lynn, how can people get a hold of you if they want to learn more about your services, learn more about your book, learn more about, about your story? Um, Lynn, how can people get a hold of you? Sure. I'm, I'm on LinkedIn and, and it's Lynn, L-Y-N-N, um, and Thomas is, as it sounds. Um, website is Thomas Consulting and then wins at the end.com. And um, I'll give a phone number if people like that 781 899 4210. I'm in the Boston area. And I'm happy to talk to anybody, you know, 10, 15 minutes, just ask me a question. And if I can help, I'd be delighted. And uh, people have helped me along the way. And that's why I love to return and be of service to others. Well, I appreciate you coming on and sharing your expertise with our listeners. That will be a wrap for us here on Get Down to Business. We are all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Check out our sponsors, Chicago Signature Limo and Health Plan Chicago. Uh, Again, we'll be back next Sunday with more conversations all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. So to success, let's get down to business.